You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Welcome to the Ducks Unlimited podcast, the only podcast about all things waterfowl. From hunting insights to science-based discussions about ducks, geese, and issues affecting waterfowl and wetlands conservation in North America, we bring the resource to you. The DU Podcast with your host, Chris Jennings. Today we've got a great show. We have uh, someone who's very familiar to the Ducks Unlimited audience. Obviously, if you read the magazine, the shotgunning column is one of the most important things that we do, uh, one of the most popular Today, I have Phil Berzeli on the line. Phil, thanks for joining us. Hey, thank you for having me. All right. Well, you know, Phil's written so much for the magazine. And obviously, you know, Phil also works for Field and Stream as well. A lot of our listeners have probably read him there. But one thing that we're talking about this time of year, and we do it every year, we usually have something in the magazine, you know, either it's a column or a feature, but we're talking about off-season shotgunning tips, ways to get better in the off-season. And what we're going to do today is we're just going to walk through an old feature that Phil did for the magazine, and it's off-season off-season shooting tips for waterfowlers. And these some of these are basic tips, but you know these are things that you can do right now um, that will improve your shooting later in the season. So, Phil, the first thing that you know on your list of the top you know twenty or so things is cleaning your gun. How many people do you know really spend? a significant amount of time cleaning their gun. I, I can't say. I Usually I do. I always used to say that if I wrote one column a year, <clears throat> it would be called clean your gun because that's, that, you know, that's the most important thing to keep it working, keep it in good condition. Uh, you know, I've seen so many people who will take a gun out of a case that's been sitting in all, all winter and all summer and it's, you know, the gun is orange. <laughs> from rust because they put a put a damp gun away and zipped it up in a in a airtight watertight case. So it's important to to go over it and give it that that postseason cleaning and be real thorough about it. And if you've had any problems with the gun, it, it's a good time to take it to a gunsmith too. Yeah, that's a good point. I I can't say that I've never done that, but I did it once when I was young, uh, probably in my teens, and uh, opened the case a few weeks after the season ended and realized that that I was. I was uh, going to have to come out out of pocket for some money because this thing was a mess. And, uh, you know, one thing in your column you mentioned, removing the choke tube. That's something that a mm-hmm. lot of people forget to do. Kind of speak to the importance of the choke tube and in and, and, and the cleaning process. Well, a few different things. Uh, and, and one is if you don't take your choke tube out and clean the threads and regrease it and put it back in, you might find yourself stuck with a fixed choke gun. Uh I've done that. I learned that the hard way. Uh, fortunately, it was it was with a trap gun, which I got a full choke stuck in it, which is all right because that's all I ever used. But especially if a gun gets wet, uh, you can you know you can have a, a tube rust into the gun, and once it's rusted in, they don't come out. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a, it's expensive process to have it taken out. A lot of times you'll ruin the tube. Um, actually, I bought a gun. I bought a, a, a used turkey gun at a local gun store and i know now i was i was asked to, to check see if the tube will come out and it wouldn't and so they knocked about 75 dollars off the price of the gun 
because you know the guy at the counter couldn't do it, the gunsmith couldn't get it loose, and finally they just said, you know, if you still want it, we'll give it to you for for even less money. But yeah, they get stuck in and they don't come out, and it's not cheap and it's not easy to get them out. So uh, make sure you take it out, you know, it, it and and snug it back in. It doesn't have to be cranked down tight, but but get it in there snugly because the other thing that can happen is if you get too much fouling building up underneath the skirts of the tube, especially if there's a little gap in there, you can get enough stuff under the tube that um, it'll kind of saw this happen once on the trap field this year. You get a wad can snag in it and uh, the whole tube can just peel. And then uh, that's also how you can launch a tube downrange. So yeah, take care of your choke tubes. That's, that's a, that is a very good point. And that's, you know, that's something that I think duck hunters especially really should pay attention to with the moisture, the mud, you know, different things like that. And, and, I, and I've known people who have had that problem. Yeah, well, it's, um, it's easy to do. All you need to do is, is not do anything. You know, number two on your list here is check your point of impact. And we've done, I know you've written specific columns about this. But why don't you just expand a little bit on on the process of checking your point of impact? Well, there's there's two different things you check when you when you pattern to see where your gun shoots, and one is whether the gun shoots straight, and that you need to do from a rest and uh, and actually aim it as if you were shooting at a, a rifle or shooting at a turkey or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, and just make sure that it actually shoots where it's pointed, and if it's way off then it's uh, it's a job for a gunsmith or, or or a gun that you need to send back to the manufacturer to have made right one way or another. Because um, that's not a gun fit problem. If a gun doesn't shoot where it's aimed, that's not uh, that's not a fit problem. That's a that's a gun problem. Yeah. The fit problem comes in, that's more, you know, how you the gun, you know, fits you and, and whether it does shoot where you look. And that's a, that's the second thing you want to check. Once you make sure your gun shoots straight, then you uh, you take it. Uh, it can be as simple as just to put a golf tee in a dirt bank or or whatever. Um, steel pattern plate works. A bed sheet works really well, so you can hang it up. And you mount the gun and shoot it. Do it five or six times without ever correcting. If you know if you're off, don't ever correct because you want to see where the gun shoots relative to where you look and. Then from there, you know, if it's not shooting where you're looking, then you can then it's time to to adjust the fit of the gun. You know, with the shim kit that came with your gun, if it if it came with shims or through bending the stock or adding height or or some other way. And that's that's all part of you know this off season process. Is you know people taking guns either right out of the box or it's something they've always shot and maybe they're terrible shots. It's something you can learn. Um, it may it may be the gun. I mean, that's the reality of, of using something, a tool such as a, a, a firearm. You know, it, there's potential that it could be the gun. You may not be a terrible shot. Yeah, yeah it's usually you, but <laughs> yeah, some, <laughs> sometimes it is the gun. Yeah, no, that's great. And, and let's not confuse checking your point of impact with patterning, which is the number three thing on your list. Um, patterning is, is a much, much different process. And, and again, this is something that you've written columns about. People can find these columns on ducks.org and how to do it. But the off season is the time to pattern. Um, let's go ahead and kind of explain and walk people through that process. Cause I know for a fact, there's a lot of duck hunters out there who have probably never patterned their shotgun. Right. Once you know where your gun shoots and you know that it, it fits you and all that that was, we talked about before, you want to see, get an idea of 
what's your hunting load and choke and gun do at, at various ranges? And, uh, you know, the standard is to shoot it at 40 yards, which is okay if you shoot your ducks and geese at 40 yards. But really what you want to know is what your gun is doing at the range you shoot your birds. So, you know, anything you do, obviously anything you do with a gun that, that shows you, lets you learn more about how it shoots is great. So 40-yard patterns are okay. But so are 30-yard patterns if you're a timber hunter. So are 20-yard patterns. If you're a pass shooter, you want to shoot 50 and 55-yard patterns. And, and really get an idea of how the gun is performing at the ranges that you use it. Uh, what I look for when I pattern a gun, I want a pattern that is spread across about 30 inches. It, it, the nature of patterns is that they are all denser in the center than they are on the edges. Mm-hmm. You don't want it overly dense in, in the middle. You don't want to tear birds up. And you want enough pellets in that outer between the 20 and 30 inches uh, to give you a good chance to, to hit the bird if you mispoint the gun a little bit. So what you want is, a, I mean, when people talk about even patterns, it's it's a pattern that's that's spread across that 30-inch circle is what you really want. That's what gives you the margin for error to hit the target. You don't need to uh, to concern yourself with percentages if you don't want. Um, if I'm shooting at big ducks, I want about 100 pellets in a circle, uh, in a 30-inch circle. That's enough. Um, geese, it's less because geese are bigger, you know, maybe 70, mm-hmm. uh, and so on. You can you can percentages are fun to figure out too if you're you know, if you enjoy fooling with counting holes and fooling with calculators, but you don't have to do it. Yeah. And, you know, it's something that you mentioned in the column or in this feature here is that different waterfowl loads will pattern differently. So if you walk up and you're shooting a specific load that you just had in the garage, you're shooting that during the off season, that may not be doing you any good because you want to shoot the loads that you're going to shoot at ducks during the season. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. There's a big difference. Uh, change shot size, change velocity. Uh, as a rule of thumb, the faster you drive a pellet, the more open the pattern is going to be. You can you can compensate for that with choke. Uh, as a rule of thumb, the bigger the shot, usually the tighter it patterns. Um, I, so I tend to like big slow shot if I want to shoot a tight pattern. That's not, not everybody's preference. But, yeah, there's lots of variables. And the only way to really know is to shoot the loads in the gun and the choke that you're going to shoot. Yeah. And those variables, I just want to stress to, you know, our audience out there, those variables are going to change kind of like Phil explained, what kind of birds you're hunting? Are you shooting at teal? Are you shooting at geese? Um, You know, are you shooting high snow geese? Are you shooting, you know, low Canada geese? You know, those, all those variables should be taken into account when you're patterning and patterning for a specific load for a specific hunt. Um, but I just wanted to make sure that everyone understood that. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why Pro Plan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Now, the next thing that that you have on the list here is learning to aim below the target. Um, And this probably it comes from um, your high level of understanding and target shooting. Am I not? Am I correct in saying that? It was something that I learned on the target range. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, you know, we're all taught when we start to uh, to blot the bird out with the gun, paint the bird out of the sky is what my dad always used to tell me. 
as soon as you cover the bird with the muzzle of the gun, you can't see the bird anymore. And once that happens, your eye goes to the gun. And when your eye goes to the gun, the gun stops. And it's a, it's a cause of a lot of mysterious misses. But if you're moving the gun, as you move the gun to the bird, if you're keeping it below the target so the target is in view, you can see where the gun needs to go and put it there. Uh, and I said, I learned this, uh, I think it was Anthony Matteries Jr., the sporting clay shooter, is also a terrific waterfowl shot. Watched me shoot at some clinic one time and said, just hold the gun a little bit below the the target. And all of a sudden, I started hitting a target I was having trouble with. And uh, I always remember that and I always try to do that now. But if you're, as long as you can see the bird, you know, your eyes and eyes will send the hands to the right place. As soon as you can't, then there's trouble. Yeah, that's a, that's a very important tip that I'm sure a lot of waterfowl hunters probably have never really thought through as the process unfolds from you know, decoying bird to, you know, gun mount and the whole process, um, you know, learning to aim below the bird, below that bird is, is very important aspect of it that a lot of people probably overlook. Now, number five is learning to trust and not measure. Can you explain what that means as far as shotgunning? And I, I'm talking specifically about lead. Um, once you start trying to measure leads, Consciously, you know, that's when you see eyes start to go back and forth between the target and the barrel. And if your focus isn't 100% on the bird, uh, you know, as soon as it, if as soon as your eyes go to the gun, it stops. That's what people always say, don't stop your swing. But that's, that's almost, it's more of a symptom. It's a symptom of looking at the gun, which is the root cause of it. As long as your eyes are out there on the bird, they're in the right place. You want the, the bird to be sharp and the barrels to be fuzzy. So you can't really measure a lead. You can you can approximate it, and you can see a gap. And, and the more you do it, obviously, the more the more memories you have, more built-in muscle memory you have. Uh, you know, you'll know when it feels right. But it is uh, you need to trust your eyes and hands to put the put the gun out where it needs to be. Uh, and we're talking when we talked about patterning. You know, I mentioned a thirty-inch circle. That's your margin for error. Mm-hmm. You don't have to lead a bird by a certain number of feet and inches to hit it. You've got a, a three-foot wide pattern of which, especially that center 20 inches, is really dense, and that's the part that really really kills birds cleanly. That's your margin for error. You can be, as long as you're on the right line, on the bird's line of flight, you know, you've got some leeway in, your, um, in how much lead you put on the bird. So you know, trust your eyes and hands. Trust yourself. You've done this before. You've made these shots before. You just have to when it feels right, you shoot. If you start to think about how far you're leading the bird, what will happen is you'll look at the gun. You'll think you were in front when you pulled the trigger and you were behind. Uh, it's, it's a mysterious miss, but that's exactly what happened. You look back at the gun. The last thing you remember seeing was the gun in front of the bird. But as soon as you looked at the gun, the bird passed it. And uh, I don't know how many times that's happened to me and how many times it happens to, to people I've shot with, but they'll say, how could I miss that? I was way in front of it. And no, you weren't. You were behind it. And that's because you looked at your gun and, and you were measuring a lead. No, that's a good point. And I think as part of this process, as you learn to trust and not measure, um, you know, relying on your hands and eyes to uh, make those movements and successfully hit the target. You know, that's also something that that comes from doing it on a regular basis, you know, be, shooting more often. Um, and would you agree with that? Just, you know, the more you shoot, the more comfortable you're going to be, obviously. Absolutely. Then the more you, 
you know, it's it's no different than being a quarterback who throws pass to a, to a receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't think about how far they need to lead. And that's a pretty complex equation because there's there's all kinds of stuff going on there. But they don't think about that. They they've done it so many times. They throw the ball where it needs to go. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, it's this is the same thing. This is easier and, and nobody's going to hit you. But but it's exactly the same thing. You, uh, you, you know, trust your own experience, trust your eye hand coordination to do the job for you. They can do it a lot better. Your subconscious mind can do it a lot better than your conscious mind can. Yeah, that's a great, that is a great little tip. Um, the next one on the list is lose the beat or supersize it. And I see this as being one of these things that is probably very specific to each shooter. Um, also comes with probably repetition in shooting, but kind of explain the process of, of either lose the, lose the bead or make it larger. Well, the bead is there not to be looked at. What, it, what it's there to do is to show you where the gun is in your peripheral vision. So for some people, those big bright fiber optic beads are a help because they're not looking for the gun out of the corner of their eye as to wondering where it is. For other people, they're a distraction if they're they're pulling their eyes away from the target to the gun. So you you use the one or or a tiny. There's a lot of sporting clay shooters now. The trend is they'll take the middle bead from their gun and they'll put it on the front. Uh, but uh, it's it's whatever doesn't distract you from the target. So for some people, that's no bead at all. I can't shoot that way. I've tried it. Uh, for some people, it's a great big bright bead that lets them lets them know where the gun is even though they're looking at the target because we talk about 100 percent focus on the target but in reality you always know where the gun is mm-hmm. you have to uh and so it's it's just a case you know personal preference and personal shooting style and and what allows you to put your focus on the bird you know it's easy enough to experiment with it because beads you know on, on most guns um, except for the very least expensive guns you can you know those are those beads are staked in but most are screwed in and you can take a bead out and you can experiment with a different one or experiment with no bead and if it doesn't work for you you can put a bead back in yeah and that's that's something for people to look at and spend the time this this time of year it's the off season um, figure out if that bead works for you or if it doesn't and test test at this time not during duck season you don't want to be going back and forth from having a bead to you know kind of switching back and forth during the season uh, you want to learn that now um, and in this this next one that you mentioned is it's a very basic um, but it's something that that really is targeted towards you know waterfowl hunters specifically adding a pad uh, kind of explain what the benefits of adding that pad. There's there's two things a pad does for you, and the first is it can reduce recoil, uh, and that's often a concern. Uh, and there are some really really good aftermarket pads available that uh, that do a good job of of softening the the blow against your shoulder. And also, you, you know, you can there's different shapes of pads too. You can not everybody's shoulder fits the pad that comes with the gun so you might want a different shape uh, that you'll find makes fuller contact with your shoulder and so there's not kind of a hot spot of recoil where the gun digs in so you know, there are a couple of different ways that a pad can help reduce recoil and then the other thing that it can do is help you with your gun fit because obviously when you change 
pads, change thicknesses of pads or add spacers or, or length to your stock or whatever, or shorten the stock, you're changing the fit of the gun. And um, a lot of guns now come with spacers with the pads, which is a great deal because then not only do you not have to have a gunsmith work on your gun, but uh, you can lengthen or shorten the pad depending on whether it's teal season and you're wearing a t-shirt or whether it's late, late in the waterfowl season when you're all bundled up and you want a shorter length pole so you don't hang your jacket up, hang the gun up on your jacket uh, when you mount it. So those are, those are the advantages of adding a pad. And, you know, anything you do to your gun, it's better not to do it during the season. Uh, <laughs> you know, you don't uh, get all those adjustments done and forget that I was talking to a, a guy at, is related at Riley Manufacturing the other day about adjustable combs. He said there's there's two great things about it. Just what I said. The great thing about adjustable combs is they come with a wrench. The bad thing about adjustable combs is they come with a wrench. That is meaning that you can just fiddle with it all the time. And that's what we don't want to be doing with our gun, especially during hunting season. You want it set. You want everything done so that you can practice that gun and be confident with it and not be thinking, you know, is my gun the problem when you're hunting? Phil, I really appreciate you joining me today, and we're going to have you back on. We're going to go through more lessons, um, different tips, and, and different tactics for off-season shotgunning. But thanks a lot for joining me. I really appreciate it. You bet. Thank you for having me. I'd like to thank Phil Brzele, uh, Ducks Limited Magazine shotgunning columnist, for joining us today and providing all this information. I'd like to thank Clay Baird, our producer, for putting together the, pod the podcast and getting it out to all of you. And I'd like to thank you, the listener, for supporting the DU Podcast and supporting wetlands conservation. Thank you for listening to this episode of the DU Podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit www.ducks.org slash podcast for resources based on today's topics, as well as access to more episodes. Opinions expressed by guests do not necessarily reflect those of Ducks Unlimited. Until next time, stay tuned to the Ducks. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why Pro Plan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com.